presented by Wintrust, proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs and exclusive home of Cubs Checking. Open online today at wintrust.com slash cupsweekly. And as a reminder, we're available on all podcast platforms, so be sure to rate and subscribe. I'm Andy Martinez here, joined by Cliff Lloyd. We're in sunny Mesa, Arizona. Yeah. But that's about it. That's, yeah, that's it's, about it. It's, it's just sunny. Yeah. What, what have you been your biggest takeaways, Cliff, as, uh, as camp has gotten underway? I think the biggest thing is just the additions. Yeah. Um, you know, you look back at last year, and we talked so much about, um, you know, how well this team played. You want them to bottle that up and carry into the offseason, feed off that, and then come into a new season ready to win a, a winnable division. And right. I think the, the additions they made um, with, you know, bringing in a, a winning guy in Dansby Swanson, Hosmer, these guys have won World Series. These guys have, have been down that road of winning consistently, and, and I think it's really going to help the, the mental side of, of getting these guys ready. I think one of my biggest takeaways that I've noticed is there's a lot of guys here. Like, in a lot of ways, it feels like spring has, like, the full team workout have gotten underway because of how many hitters are here. What, to you as a former player, what were the benefits of getting here early and having so many guys here early? Well, I think first and foremost is um, to show the coaches that you're committed to, to being a part of this success mm -hmm. here. And, um, you know, one thing for me was, uh, you know, it wasn't going to be given. You got right. to earn it. And, and I, when you have guys that come into camp uh, that are that are ready to, to earn a job, uh, it, it, it shows amongst all the coaching staff. And, and uh, that's what you're hoping for. I mean, if you had success, like a guy like Matt Mervis, down, you know, you hit 36 homers at the AAA level, you haven't hit a lot, you know, this is the time to take advantage of that and get to camp and show that there wasn't a fluke. So I think that in itself is going to be big uh, for the, you know, for the for the younger guys because this team is full of some young, incredible talent that's coming up and coming up fast. And and Jed Hoyer mentioned in his press conference, right, it's an audition for everyone, right? Not just yeah. the young guys, but the, the non-roster invitees. What's the attitude for those guys? What are you? What are they trying to do? And, and how do the, the teams evaluate some of those guys that you know could sneak up? And every year we see someone that makes the roster that was just a non-roster invitee. Veteran leadership is important. I've always felt that way. I feel like when you have the right veterans, mm -hmm. uh, that that those are the guys that makes the difference. Like Eric Hosmer, you you haven't heard one bad thing about him. Trey Mancini, we know what's going. You know what what's happened with Trey off the field and where he's been in his life and on the field. I feel like he's been around forever. Dansby Swanson, not one thing you've heard. He has He's old school. He's yeah. a guy that when you look at him, I, I've talked to him numerous times, and all he wants to talk about is winning. Right. He, he's not about, you know, I wash. I'm, I'm just going to, you know, I, I, I got my money. I'm good now. I did what I need to do. He wants to win. And, right. and those things are, to me, what's important when you're building a foundation uh, like, like Jed and Carter are doing. There's – a lot of projections are coming out at this point. Pocota, whatever you want to, whatever projection you want to look at, they're starting to come out. The Cubs, they're at like the 77 win mark per Pocota. When you're a player, when you see those rankings, what is, like, do, do you think of them at all? Do you kind of push them to the side? What do those impact? Because Jed Hoyer mentioned, you know, there's that everyone has their own projections, but at the end of the day, it's your job to kind of go out and, and try and outperform those as best as you can. 77 wins is a failure of a year. Mm -hmm. I, I just sure. strongly believe that, I, I, you know, I mean, you, when you think about um, the roster, how it's situated, you know, um, you know, who you acquire, what you sign, you know, I know, I know the precious three outs at the end of the bullpen needs to be figured out, but 77 wins seems light. And if 77 wins is what's predicted, I, I mean, then, then this division looks totally different than what I, what I envisioned. So I, I, I believe, and I'm, I'm being, serious 
I believe this team has a chance to win the division. Yeah. And if you tell me that they're going to win less than 86, 87 games, then I'll tell you you're saying something different than what I see. Yeah, is that because of the defense? Is it the pitching? Like, what makes you think that they're they're in that in that range? Well, you 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 definitely going to see athleticism from the guys that you that you believe are good athletes. Sure. And I, I mean, Nico on down to Morrell on down to Suzuki. You you can you can go around a diamond. I just believe when you talk about defense, they shored up a lot of things that allows the pitchers to go out there and pitch the contact. If yeah. you don't have overpowering type pitchers, you need guys who can catch the baseball. And yeah. we've I've seen teams. Over the last couple of seasons, Andy, where yeah they have a good team, but they can't catch the ball consistently. It's going to bite you in the butt at some point during the yeah. season. I think this team is going to catch the ball. Obviously, you have to get some familiarity as far as you know new guys and, and Nico getting acquainted with you know and, and adjusted with with, with um, um, Swanson with Dansby over that short. So uh, it's going to be some taking to getting used to. But I believe when you look at the end of the day, this team is better than seven seven wins in my opinion. Yeah, and, and the rotation just seems a lot better, right? Where it's like last year, especially early on in the season when injuries kind of happen, you were kind of you know, putting tape or putting Band-Aids over things and hoping right. that it worked. The depth seems really like it's there, right? Where if someone gets hurt, you have someone like that you can call up from the triple AAA level and they can step in. That's got to be big for as you go through a full 162, yeah, you, right? You, you, you need more than five pitchers, yeah. right? I mean, you can have five stars and, and no depth and you're not going to win. Um, right. I, I think you need you know, 10 starters. I do. I believe in that. I believe that if you have 10 starters, you can keep, you know, some youngsters. You can keep some guys who are veterans maybe to go down to AAA and keep them arms loose. But you need guys. And then I forgot one big thing, injuries. Yeah. They happen, right? right? So um, you, you have to have guys that are always ready, but you have to take advantage of what you've signed. You have to take advantage of what you've seen in the second half of the season. It's guys have got a chance to get their feet wet right. and, and understand that they can pitch at the big league level. So um, if everybody that's slotted does their job, I do believe this is not trial camp. I do right. believe this is not a you know what we're going we're going to um, we're going to get our guys seasoned and go for it in a couple of years. No, I think this thing is where you win now because you set your team up to win now. Yeah, and Marcus Stroman I think had the the quote of the of camp early on. At least early on, he was because that's about Dansby and Nico and having that defense up the middle. You touched on it a little bit, getting those guys getting familiar. But that defense is pretty strong up the middle. Marcus Stroman, big sinker guy, big contact guy, pitching to contact. He says that sinker gonna be sinking this year. Like that—that's—that's got to be reassuring from a, for a pitcher, right? To have those guys defensively up the middle. You always watching how you are gonna get better. Right. I mean, I, I, as a player that played for a long time, I always looked at the roster and how we was gonna win. And I knew, you know, some years when when you know, on the, now on the outside looking in, and yeah. me going in and going, how you, how your team look? Right. You're telling me some lies because you know you're not winning. Right. But when you look at this type of team. You know, if I'm Marcus Stroman, I'm like, this is what I need. This right. is exactly, you know, this is this exactly plays into who I am as a pitcher. Um, I, you know, I can put the ball in play. We're going to turn, you know, double plays when we need because those are the ones that kill you. When you yeah. give extra outs at the major league level, it just kills you. And I think this team will eliminate that. Yeah, and I think that the big thing, too, is maybe not even just the outs, but, right, if there's a ball that's up the middle that you have Dansby Swanson that can range to, as opposed to maybe maybe it becomes a single, right, or maybe right. he stops a guy going first to third. Those, are, those little things sometimes get overlooked where, yes, you look at the outs, but preventing a guy from going from first to third, preventing a guy scoring from second uh, is, a, is a big thing. And it's a huge pitcher. thing. It's a huge thing. And you know what? Also, when you have, you know, tucked behind the plate yep. and you have the defense situated as you do in the outfield, you're going to cut down some, some runs. You're going you're yeah. to make the, 
third base coach uneasy at times. Right. And I think that was, you know, I, I had some of the best outfield instructors. Rusty Coons was probably one of the best I had mm -hmm. uh, when I was with the Marlins. And he just preached getting to the ball earlier, releasing the ball, getting confident in, in the fact that you can cut this you can cut this run down right. and, and, and keep that run off the board. It's going to help you at the end of the game. Now, you know, the, the, these guys seem, you know, ready. You have some guys in camp based on the fact that we have the World Baseball Classic this, this year. So yeah. that, that's a plus in itself. Um, and, and you just hope these guys come back unscathed from injury. I'm curious, too. You, you touched on a little earlier, just being an analyst now, former player. What do you look at at spring training when you're here as an analyst, maybe compared to when you were in your playing days? I look at guys adjusting. Mm -hmm. I look at guys understanding that there's there's rules implemented and sure. how you're going to go about that. Um, you know, you you listen to the, to guys and how their their mindset is as far as, you know, how, how you're going to adapt to pitch clock, how yeah. you're going to adapt to, uh, you know, not being able to disembark from the mound twice, slide steps. Right. So I'm watching for the little things that win you ball games late. What yeah. what guy is Rossi going to trust to hold on late in the games because I can't allow him to steal second base with no outs. Yeah. Be those are the little things you have to pay attention to because if you don't, uh, you're not going to win those close run ball games that you need to win. That's going to propel you to the position where you want to you win a division. Yeah, that's so important, and that's the, what you got to keep an eye on here in spring training. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Tony and Jackie and I sat down with Eugene McIntosh, the co-founder of the Bigs and a Baseball Writers Association of America member, and we talked to him all about his career, his website. Great interview. We'll catch up after this commercial break. Get your Wintrust exclusive debit card. Get your Cubs card. Ooh, I'll take one. How much? Actually, they pay you $300. You heard right. Get a $300 bonus when you open a Cubs checking account with Wintrust. Enjoy all perks and purchase with pride every time with your Wintrust Cubs debit card. $300? What? I'll take a card. $300? Oh, $300? $300? Get your exclusive card at Wintrust.com slash Cubs. Only $100 required to open. No monthly minimum balance and no monthly maintenance fees. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. All right, we welcome in a special guest to the Cubs Weekly Podcast, Eugene McIntosh. Eugene, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate it. No problem, man. You guys are like my brothers, man. I, I, I wouldn't turn it down, even though I'm coming off a of hip surgery, man. You, you know, you guys are my first priority, so I appreciate it. Sounds good. Besides the hip surgery, how's the offseason, man, going for you? Man, so far, so good, man. Just uh, taking it day by day, watching the team grow. Uh, we have guys on each beat, Bears, Bulls. Obviously, me on the Cubs, Terrence with the White Sox. We have a new lady covering the sky. So just, you know, watching the team flourish and making sure we got all our ducks in a row, man. So everything is good. I cannot complain at all. All right. I kind of wanted to chat a little bit, like, about you, your career path to this point. Um, you helped launch the Bigs a few years ago. You mentioned Terrence already with Terrence. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about what you've built here with your guys's outlet and where you've seen it come in the last six, seven years here. Well, it's funny, man, because me and Terrence, we actually met through a mutual friend. So he would always just come over to crib and, you know, we would be watching the games and just chopping it up. And he actually has a, uh, a background in, in media. He was the, uh, editor at the Chicago defender, which was the, think the defender's been around for over 120 years. So he was the editor over there and he wasn't seeing eye to eye with the people that were in charge. You know, as time grows, you know, you got to keep up with time and they, they weren't really feeling the way how, you know, print is kind of on a decline in the digital world is taking over. So they weren't 
really feeling that, and they didn't want to keep the young guys around, you know. So Terrence, he left, you know, and he came over one day, and he's like, man, I, I'm thinking about starting my own firm, my own media company, and he's like, I think you would be the perfect guy because, you know, uh, if you guys don't know what Tony and Andy, you guys know, but um, I went to Mount Carmel, so I have a pretty rich uh, sports background. I played Division One baseball at Southern University, so and I also, uh, after that, I was in the music business. So I pretty much know everyone in and around Chicago. So we felt like uh, with his background in the media world and my background and everything else, if you merge them together, you know, we were on to something. So uh, 2015, I had just got done working at Baker and McKenzie. Uh, it's one of the largest law firms in the world. Uh, we ended up getting outsourced and they told us we had two weeks to figure out what our next move was going to be. And I said, that was, you know, that was it for me. So I, we launched the bigs maybe six months later. Uh, we started at the Nike Pro-Am, uh, you know, summer, uh, summer basketball league with some of the pros and some of the college guys play. And we really got a, a good response from that. And that led to us uh, covering the Bulls. I think it was Derrick Rose's last year, and we did a we did an interview with Derrick Rose, and he it got like a hundred thousand views in the first couple of days. And people, were, you know, they were they couldn't believe. Everybody just kept saying, "Man, we've never seen Derrick Rose this comfortable during an interview." And it was, you know, I've known Derrick for a while. We went to the same elementary school, so it was kind of easy for me to to get that out of him, but. That's really what kind of sparked uh, the bigs. And from there on, you know, got a decent um, rapport with the Bulls and then went on to the Cubs. And that was that first, it was the World Series. You know, I can tell you guys, I felt like the lucky charm, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so far so good, man. It was, it's been eight years. This is our eighth year on the beat. And so far so good. Like I said, our main objective was to add to the team and every year we've added videographers photographers we continue to add to the beat one of our main guys herb howard who covers the bears right now he has done a wonderful job in the last two years so uh that's what i'm most proud of man i mean i i do pretty good work but i'm i'm most proud of us adding to the team and uh just keeping this thing moving man what were some of the challenges when you launched? Like, I mean, it's it's easy to look back and see what you guys did. And it's easy to say like, hey, we're going to launch a media company. This is what we want to do. This is what we're going to do. But I mean, you know, it. we all know it. it's a lot easier said than done. What were some of the challenges as you were starting up and as you were trying to grow the bigs? Well, it's I mean, the, the main challenge and it's still it's crazy. Eight years later, you know, the main challenge is people still, you know, because we don't look like the average media guys. So it's always that pushback where it's like, no, nah, man, you see this credential. Like I have a credential around my neck, just like the next guy. Like, why am I getting this pushback? So I feel like that's been the main issue, but just getting comfortable being around guys that I've watched and listened to growing up when I first was in the same room with Jim Rose and stuff like that. It was cool, man. And just, you know, being able to soak up knowledge, even from you guys, you know, you guys work for the, the, the major network, the main network. So being able to soak up uh, game from you guys and, you know, be friends with you guys and go on road trips and chop it up and, you know, but the, the main challenge is that, man, just feeling like we don't get the same opportunity. And that was really why we started the bigs 
because we felt like there was a voice missing, you know, especially, you know, like I would, how, what would I want to call it? Uh, just, you know, we speak to a certain demographic. Sure. And, you know, it, it kind of got stale. And I saw it for myself. You know, you guys are younger than me. So, I mean, you guys keep it fresh and funky. So it's good to, you know, for that. But most of the media guys, you know, they're a little bit older. You know, you got to keep up with the times, the digital, you know, everything changes. And I don't, I felt like the media game was kind of, you know, they weren't keeping up. So uh, we felt like there was a voice missing and we were there to fill that void. And it took a little seasoning. You know, I, I didn't have a media background. I went to school for business management. So I didn't have any media training. Terrence had that. So uh, being able to learn from him till this day, like writing and, you know, I'm a natural, I'm cool in front of a camera. So that was never an issue, but <laughs> you know, just continuing to learn on the job, man. I, I I take every day in stride. So everything is cool, brother. You touched on it a little bit there, but just what has it meant to you to, to bring this like important level of diversity to, like you said, a, a media outlet or a bunch of media outlets where a bunch of people who, you know, were older and, you know, you guys bring a younger vibe, but also, you know, a lot of white people and bringing in like a black perspective in that diversity. Like, can you talk a little bit about that as well and how important you feel that has been since you guys started the bigs? Yeah, it's extremely important, man, especially for I mean, it's more important. You know, now it's all about followers and, you know, numbers and views and stuff like that. And that's cool. I'm not mad at that because I can we can get we've gotten those, too. But. It's more about the kids, man. The kids that don't have the opportunity to go to the Syracuse Media School or Medill at Northwestern or those type of, you know, even I'll just say it like this, Tony, coming up, playing baseball in the inner city. Luckily, I went to Mount Carmel, so we were always one of the highest, you know, always getting recruited and stuff like that. So, but when you talk about guys that played at Simeon and Harlan and those inner city schools that, most of those scouts probably were scared to even go in that neighborhood to scout those kids. They had talent. Luckily, Ed Howard, one, you know, the Cubs' recent first-round draft pick. If he had gone to Harlan or Mount or Simeon or one of those inner-city schools, there's no telling, you know, where he would be right now. But, again, luckily he went to Mount Carmel and he was able to get A1 everything. So, uh, for me, like I said, it's more about the kids, giving the kids that don't have – that opportunity, being able to go back to CPS, getting the CPS vendor number and being able to go into the schools and show these kids a different way because everybody thinks they're going to the, look, I got a, I got a major league baseball <laughs> tattoo on my arm. We all think we're going pros, but at the end of the day, the numbers tell us different, you know? So if you want to stay around the game you love, there are a bunch of different ways to do it. And I feel like this is one of the main ones. And when you open kids up to new opportunities, you know, you never know what could, could spark their interest. So that's that's really my biggest thing. I'm glad you showed the tattoo because, you know, one of your lasting forever lasting impacts is is the fact that you helped give El Mago, who has a ta MLB tattoo of his own, Javi Baez, the nickname El Mago. How did that come about? And like, do you like just ever think about like, hey, that was that was my imprint. Like whenever everyone around the world is calling him El Mago, that was that was I that, that those are my fingerprints all over that. Yeah, man, that's another one of those things we talked about is just like trying to keep things fresh. And, you know, we I built a pretty good relationship with Javi, you know, since he had gotten there. And 
Um, it's crazy. I'll tell you guys the backstory. I, I don't think I've ever told this before. So we were no. just trying to find new, new ways to, to do things. So I'm like, well, man, how about we do some baseball cards and, you know, we put the, we, we make up our own nicknames. You know, it's a black thing. We all got our own nicknames in the hood. Every black kid has a nickname. So nicknames is they're easy to come up with. But with that, it was spur of the moment. It's just like he was so good with his glove. And once when I was in the locker room talking to him one day, and he told me he was left-handed. You know, he wrote with his everything he did was left-handed except throw. So I couldn't believe it. So it was like he was the magician. So I'm like, well, let's let's add, let's let's kind of try to spice that up. So what I did was created a baseball card. I gave it to him. And it had El Mago on the back of it. I, I wish I I wish I saved it. I had a new a whole new computer, so I don't have the file. But I gave him the baseball card. He looked at it, he laughed, and he put it in his locker. And the next thing I know, El Mago, man. So uh, I just got reminded of that last week. I was doing a podcast, and somebody was like, "Man." Y'all know this is the guy that created El Mago, Major League Baseball's number one nickname of 2022. And I'm like, yeah, that was me, you know? So it's all in stride, man. Again, like I said, it's it's a cool moment, man. It's cool that he's carried it on and, you know, he's known worldwide as El Mago, but I don't lean too hard on it, man. I'm always looking forward to the next big thing, you know? I'm glad you kind of touched on that too, Eugene. Like, I know you formed a good relationship throughout your time covering the team with with guys like Jason Hayward, and I know you were close with Carl Edwards Jr. and stuff too. Like, how important was it for you to build relationships like that with guys like Jay Hay or Javi or CJ or any of the other guys that you've come? Like, how have you built those relationships, and how has that you know helped you as well? Man, it's it's big, man, because I didn't I didn't sugarcoat it at all. It's like, look, man, when you look around Major League Baseball. The Cubs were lucky. Well, I don't, I wouldn't call it lucky, but they were different. They had numerous black players on the team. Some teams didn't have any black players on the team, you know. So it was obvious. It's like, look, man, I'm I'm the only black media guy in here. You guys are the only b- three black players out of twenty five. We got to build together, man. You guys have to help me. You know, it's a must that we help each other. Yeah. So CJ was he was very open. You know, young guy from where's CJ? South Carolina coming to the big city. So, you know, we would hang out some and I would kind of just, I was a little bit older. So I was kind of trying to lead him in the, I'm like, look, man, don't get out here and get caught up in the rapture. Don't get caught up in the glory. You're a world series champion, but you got a lot to, you know, you still got a lot to give. And there's, you know, this thing, it can be taken away from you soon. And, you know, if you don't take care of your body and if you don't take care of your mind and your soul, you know, you see what happened to CJ. Luckily, he got a second chance and he was able to come back and right his wrongs. And now he had a really good season with the Nationals last year. So, you know, he's good. But even Jay, hey, another guy who, what did he sign? Six years, 120 something million dollars? 180, yeah. You know, 180 million dollars. So that was another guy who kind of, you know, when we had merch, you know, we sell our own merchandise. So he would buy the merch. He would, you know, he donated to us. He, he was really good to us. And it was it's that and I never asked him. I never asked him for anything. I just asked him to be open if you know if we wanted an interview or if you know if we needed any inside info, could the bigs get it first? And you know, he overstepped that boundary. He he gave us more than I could ever ask for. So 
Um, I'm forever, we're forever grateful for those relationships with Jay. Hey, sad to see him go. But you, were you guys at the uh, the ceremony last week at the uh, at the? No, yeah, I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. He he texted me and you know he's trying to get everything together. You guys know he signed with the Dodgers, so he's trying to make that roster. But you know he apologized. I'm like, bro, you don't have to apologize. I know how it goes. So, uh, yeah, I'm we're grateful for those relationships, man. They've they've uh, they've helped us in enormous ways. I want to ask a follow up on on Jason Hayward that you touched on a little bit, but that, that the, the facility he built and just the impact that he had, he's not from Chicago. He, he signed, like you said, he signed the big money contract. He had no obligation to do any of this, right? He could have played his game, done his thing for you. You know, you mentioned your background to see someone give back like that and to do, especially in that neighborhood, right? The Austin neighborhood to do that. What did that mean to you? And and how much of a lasting impact does Jason Hayward have in the community to, because he does things like this? Yes, it's funny, man, because growing up and, I, you know, I was a pretty good baseball player. I didn't I didn't meet any pro baseball. The first pro baseball player I met. It was probably Cliff Floyd, but I was 20, you know, I was a grown man already. So when you see guys like, are you guys familiar with Lou Collier play for the yeah, Pittsburgh yeah. Pirates? So Lou come, Lou gives back. Um Ed Howard, even though he's not in the league yet, but he's been giving back. But Jay, hey, man, just, uh, you know, when you come to Chicago and you get to see what's, you get the outside perspective, but once you get inside and you get to really see these neighborhoods and what these kids go through and they really don't have anything, especially in that West Side Austin neighborhood, being able to put that facility smack dab in the middle of the hood is something that, you know, it, it just speaks volumes to, to who he is and he was always there he was always available um i remember when the players alliance came through um you know he was on every stop he stood outside the rain made sure he shook hands with the kids swung bats with them gave them baseballs gave them gloves so i feel like the lasting impact not just the academy man but just jay hay in general man i don't think people give him enough credit you guys know how good of a person he was to us but um, outside of that, man, he did so, so much that a lot of people just don't know about. So, again, man, grateful to, to, to have him a call or a text away. And he always answers. And, you know, he's like, man, if there's anything I can ever do to help you guys, just let me know. And if I'm if it's possible, I got you. So, yeah, man, big stuff going on in Austin out there. I know those kids probably had no interest in baseball. But when they see that facility and they step in there and they get to see the 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 basketball court and the turf soccer field and the turf baseball field. And then they get to see the computer lab and all of that stuff. Again, man, that stuff opens up minds of kids who just don't have much opportunity in life. Yeah, and you know, Cubs fans will obviously always remember Hayward for his 2016 impact. And Eugene, I know you were talking a little bit earlier about covering the world series team being like the good luck charm, but what was your experience like, you know, covering that World Series run? Like that was when you and I really kind of first met and became friends too. But from watching this team that, you know, you grew up in Chicago, you know, the lovable loser story, all of that stuff to, to see them finally win it all. Like what was your experience through that run? Man, it was crazy, Tony. I, I never thought it would happen. And I mean, I just think back, I wrote an article after the, well, right before the parade, and it was basically an ode to my uncle Jesse, because if it wasn't for him, 
I wouldn't be a Cubs fan. I would come in every day from school and I'd come through the back door and he'd be in the back room with his with his radio on, with the volume on the TV down. And it was Cubs baseball back as far as I can remember, 1983, maybe 84. And again, I felt like the good luck charm, man. But everything, I feel like everything had been set up for those guys to win it. You know, they had the perfect talent. They had the the vets, you know, bringing in John Lester and, you know, those young guys, even with Kyle Schwarber, when he had that injury and then he went away for a minute and he came back and the way he contributed in, in that World Series. But for me, more than anything, it was the traveling because that was the first time I had really been on the road. So me and Terrence, we flew back and forth to uh, to L.A. for that Dodgers series. We drove back and forth to Cleveland. How, what was it, five or six hours? Yeah. Back and forth, man, like it was nothing. We put his little Honda Civic on the road, and we were gone, <laughs> man. So uh, standing that extended end, and, man, we had a ball after they won the World Series, man. We popped champagne bottles like, you know, we – like we want it, man. So I, it, it's, it seems like yesterday. I still got some of the bottles downstairs. I, I, it's crazy. I tell you guys this too, and maybe this wasn't supposed to happen, but whatever. I got a, I got one of those. You know, they gave us the pins, the the Cubs pin and the Indians pin. Yeah, I got CJ's World Series hat. He gave me the hat, and he had every, not everybody, but he's he had. It's got John Lester's signature. It's got John Lackey's signature. It's got Baez. It's got Addison Russell. It's got about nine or ten guys who aren't even, you know, the. Kyle Hendricks is the last of the Mohicans. So it's got all of those guys who are no longer members of the team. I have the hat in a glass case downstairs that who knows what it'll be worth in the future. So, yeah, man, everlasting memories, brother. That's awesome. What's yeah. been your, I mean, I, I I'm sure taking away, <laughs> taking away the 26. He put it in the middle of the clubhouse. He just set it in the middle of the clubhouse. And the guys walked up and signed it. And then he, he gave it to me the next day. Like I said, it's probably nine, nine signatures. But Chris Bryant, Addison Russell, Javi Baez, John Lester, John Lackey, all of the main guys, Jay Hay, they, they all signed it for me, man. What's been your favorite part outside of that 2016 World Series? Is it, is it building the connections, like that connection with CJ's, you know, you can't you can't replicate that? Or is it getting to cover the, the team you grew up watching. What's been your favorite part of the, the whole process that since, since you guys launched in 2015? Uh, really just for the Cubs or just in general? In general. Yeah. yeah. Just, just the relationships, man, being able to build these yeah. relationships with these players, you know, they're, you know, you guys know it's tough, man. They to, yeah. to be trusted, you know, media, we have this, uh, this facade behind us and though those guys don't have a lot of trust so when they do trust you 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 you, you got to bear down and you have to lock in with them so being able to have a relationship with Damian Lillard and have a relationship with Derrick Rose and CJ Edwards and Jason Hayward even Nolan Arenado man like that's my guy like I never thought in a million years that I talked to him in 18 and from 19 on you know, he remembers me and it's like, hey, Gene, what's, you know, so it's like just building those, even with you guys, man, every time there's somebody new yeah. on the beat and if there's something I can do to help out or, you know, just uh, the camaraderie, man, I feel like is is the, the the biggest thing for me, man. I wouldn't trade it in for a thing, man. I, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to more this year. 
So let's fast forward to this year. Uh, what do you make of this offseason? The Cubs were super active. You know, Dansby Swenson, the headliner. Like, what do you make of, of what the moves the Cubs have done and, and how it could uh, pay out this season? Oh, that's interesting, man. I uh, I think they did more than I expected. But, I mean, we can look at it two ways. Did they do enough? And what is enough? It's like, well, they still got the fourth best shortstop. They didn't get Correa. They didn't get Turner, you know. But they did get Swanson. And I didn't even think, you know, remember, I, I don't know if you guys remember, but that end of the year press conference when I asked Jed, I said, when you look at the teams that are playing in the playoffs now, they all have stars. They all have superstar power. You have to have that. So do I think they have superstar power? No. But I do think they added enough where it gives the fan base a little hope. Now, is it fool's gold? That's yet to see. But I, I'm I'm happy with what Jed did. I feel like adding uh, Jameson from the New York Yankees, I feel like that's a huge uh, addition, especially not knowing, you know, the future of Kyle Hendricks. So him being able to eat up those innings and, you know, fit in with Stroh and, and Justin Steele and, and, uh, you know, them signing Drew Smiley back. I think that's a pretty good uh, rotation to start off. And then when you look at the team in general, when you look at the maybe the starting lineup, you know, the outfield is pretty much set with Gold Glove, Happer and left, and the addition of Cody Bellinger in center. Let's see what they do if they throw him in the lab and, you know, they can get that swing right. What, what a huge addition that would be. And uh, obviously with Suzuki and uh, right field, you know, I'm pretty sure he's ready to get back to it after having that first uh, experience in right field at Wrigley. But where third base is like, is that a is what do you guys think? Is that Patrick Wisdom and Christopher Morrell? Is that a, a battle for those guys at third? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Nick Madrigal might get some time over there. Zach McKinstry, like, yeah, I, to me, I, I agree with you, Gene. Like, I feel like third base is is a huge question mark right now. And like, that's one of the things Andy and I were talking about, like, I'm going to be watching spring training is like who plays the majority of time at third base this year. I don't have that answer right now. Yeah. When I talked to Christopher Morrell last year, when we were in Milwaukee and I asked him, what's his favorite position on the field? And it was that day where he had a terrible, he had a terrible pregame. And then the, that game, he had like two or three terrible throws, but he said, my favorite position, I want to be a third baseman. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, I, I, but I do feel like that defense, you know, for me, I'm old school defense. Baseball games are one up the middle. When you got Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner and, like I said, Cody Bellinger up in center and then the addition of Tucker Barnhart along with Jan Gomes behind the plate, I think that's could be the best defense, you know, in baseball. And then over at first, I'm pretty sure we think Eric Hosmer get most of the time at first. Yeah, probably. I mean, him and Mancini and then Mancini, either yeah. one DH or Wisdom, maybe, like you said, if Morrell plays third, maybe Wisdom plays more first. So yeah. I think they got options. Yeah, I, I mean, I like I said, man, you can look at it two ways. It's like, did they get the star? No, they didn't. But did they fill the team out? I feel like they did. So if I was, if I had to give Jed Hoyer a grade, I'd give him a, I'd give him a B. I'm I'm happy with the moves. I, I I feel like the NL Central, and maybe this is, you know, you guys were going to ask about, you know, winning the NL Central. But, I, you know, the NL Central is one of those divisions that's not really that good. So I think with those additions, if they can get 150, you know, from Stroh and 
150 from Steele and you know who knows if they can get a solid rotation going I feel like they do have enough to compete especially with the addition of the teams and the you know the wild card and the playoffs I think they can make it man I think they can make it and what are you most looking at from this team this season like what are you going to be following the most that will determine whether this team is successful is it is it the defense like you mentioned like what 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 do you think is the key and what will you be watching in spring and as the season kicks off it's definitely the defense it's definitely the defense i mean they were pretty good last year but they had some spots to fill like i said when you add a guy like Cody Bellinger i feel like a change of scenery will is really going to help him out and i think you know them not having to kind of fill those holes you know, you got one guy in center here, then the next game you got another guy in center and just being able to have a solid lineup. And David Ross, I don't feel like David Ross has gotten enough credit for the job he's done um, as a manager so far. So Rossi having a, a set lineup and being able to kind of plug and play when he needs to, pinch hit here and there, uh, I think they'll be good. Left-handed, left-handed bats, obviously. You know, Hosmer, I don't think uh, – what was our guy? That played first last year. He didn't have a lot of pop. Rivas. Alfonso Rivas. Rivas. You know, uh, he he did all he could. But adding a guy like Eric Hosmer, I think his track record speaks volumes. So, you, again, change. Get out of San Diego. Come on over to Chicago. Everybody loves to talk about playing at Wrigley Field. And once they get a taste of Wrigley in May, then uh, I think the sky's the limit for the team. All right, so Gene, just because it's the offseason doesn't mean that our betting stops. So do right donuts on the line here. Cubs, will they make the playoffs in 2023? The Cubs will make the playoffs in 2023. Mark it here. All right, sounds good. Uh, will they win the division then, I guess, too? I'm not saying they'll win the division, but they will make the playoffs. All right, we're going to hold you to that. We got do right donuts on the line there. I got you, man. All right. Well, Eugene, thanks so much, man. We really appreciate the time. We we loved hearing more about your story. And uh, thanks for just sharing all this with Cubs fans and with Andy and myself here. Man, thank you guys for having me, man. And I can't wait to get back on the beat with you guys. Like I said, I'm a miss spring training, but I will be around Wrigley for the start of the season, man. I can't wait. You guys know this is my favorite time of the year. So I appreciate you guys having me and, uh, you know, turn it up a little bit in spring training for me, man. Let me know how it is down there. We got you. We got All you. Right. All right. For sure. All right. Thanks, Gene. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, man. Great interview with Eugene, one of my favorite guys to talk to. Really cool to hear the backstory about how he gave, essentially gave Javi Baez the nickname El Mago. <laughs> but, Cliff, I want to ask you, you know, as we, you know, everything's getting started here at spring training, everything's getting excited. What are you going to be following most closely about this Cubs team here in these next six weeks? I think – you know, when you when, when you look at first base, how that unfolds, okay. you know, obviously um, you bring in a veteran, a Hosmer, but mm -hmm. you had a guy that had some success in Mervis. Uh, you, you have a guy, Trey Mancini, who I believe is jack of all trades, can play yeah. anywhere as long as you give him a few at-bats so we can get comfortable. So I'm watching that, how it unfolds. But I'm also watching the back end of rotation because I always believe when you get three, four, five, it means something. Right. Uh, and lastly, the closer position. Um, you know, it's, it's a slew of guys that, that, that are, you know, that had experience, that, that's been there before. Um, you have a guy that's, that's hopefully going to be here soon, a Michael Fulmer, yep. um, that you can keep an eye on. So all these things um, you're going to watch for. But what's important to me is the closer role. Yeah. I, I've, I've always believed that in 18 years of playing, I always knew the teams that I was on that had a good closer. 
we had a good chance of winning. Yeah. So that's going to be something that I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on to make sure um, that I know what I'm talking about at some point where this team is going to be, you know, winning the division. It's going to be based on who's going to close those games late, and we'll, we'll, we'll see it sooner or later. You always want to close it, gets the job done quickly, gets the three to. outs. Let's close this up then quickly because it's getting really cold. It's let's cold, get, man. Let's get inside. This is not the Arizona I'm used to. Make sure you're following along at Watch Marquee for all of the Cubs updates from spring training, Cubs 360, and at MarqueeSportsNetwork.com. For Cliff, for Andy, that'll do it for this edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust. Don't forget to download us and subscribe to the pod on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And make sure to check us out in video form on the Marquee Sports Network app and on YouTube.